0: You're listening to another edition of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker, and with me, as always, is the Director of Technical Service, Paula Jamis. Hey, Jack. How, how are you? All right. How are you doing? Goodish. Hey, that's all I can ask for. I'm present. There you go. And accounted for. And all the things. And as I, I nod along for everybody yeah, who's yeah. you know listening at home, I'm nodding for that live webcam we have maybe next if you'd like generation. to watch that uh live webcam tune in to www.notachance.com. and paul how do they get a hold of us
1: yeah they can reach us at technical service at jack's on twitter at jack underscore ctsp and i'm at paul underscore ctsp
0: all right so we sat down with mike Tab, who's the director of our managed services and we had a little talk with Mike about what he does for CarbLine and this really great service that CarbLine offers with doing surveys of facilities. So we're going to let Mike talk about that, and here's our interview with Mike. Paul, here we are in another adventure on the CarbLine Tech Service Podcast. Uh, we're lucky enough to have Mike Tab join us, who is the director of our managed services here at CarbLine. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show.
2: Welcome. Thank you.
0: So, Mike, as a little little bit of a history
1: with this, I know you and I go way back. Years ago, I used to work with the field service guys. You and I worked together then. And then about a year and a half ago, maybe not quite a year and a half, we had uh, episode number five, I believe it was. We had uh, Trish on and she talked to us about the general way that we go about scheduling a TAM inspection, what it is, kind of the theory behind it at a very high level. But on the ground, you the man. You're the one who does these surveys. You're the one who, who does these surveys. So we brought you in and said, let's talk about what actually happens when we do these site inspection surveys, whether it be for coatings or we also do them for fireproofing, right? Absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit of the, the nitty gritty background of what it is you do when you do these surveys and how you do them and, and what we need to know.
2: Well, I appreciate it. Actually, actually, it's sort of a process. And with everything else at Carveline, you know, everything begins with sales. They say nothing happens until somebody sells something. Well, it's really all about the sales guys, and that's where this process begins, because what we do supports the sales team, okay? okay. Uh, our surveys are all about supporting sales. So it begins with those guys, they keep an eye on their customers, and when they see a customer, uh, I'm talking about the sales guys who are in tune with the survey and what it will do, they, they see a customer that they think would have a need for that sort of thing, then, then it begins there. They will schedule an appointment with that particular customer to talk solely about a survey. It's usually a customer that's trying to establish their maintenance practices. They're trying to figure out how to take care of four or five million square feet of steel when they step out the back door. They don't know where to spend the first dollar. Every one of these guys has a customer like that, you know. These guys have engineering degrees, they're sharp guys, but they just don't have a handle on that particular thing.
1: Well, and that really is one of the things that happens is painting always ends up going to low man on the totem pole, and, and it's usually the new guy yeah. who, who really, he may not know what was done in the past, doesn't know how old the, the devices are, and that's really what we look to do with the managed services portion is help them learn how to manage the assets that they have there.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: The process continues on. They schedule an appointment. They get me involved.
2: We will either fly out to meet with them or we will. We do a lot of go-to meetings. That's an excellent way to have a meeting with customers, engineering teams, our sales guys there. We're all in there together. And they have a view of my desktop. I can walk them through visually through the process. Mm-hmm. It's a very visual medium anyway. Right. So it's, it requires that they be able to see what's going on with the survey. And we literally talk about the pros and cons, the pluses and minuses of a survey and what it can do for their organization in terms of helping them prioritize the items, the assets out in their facility that need to be painted this year, the items that can wait until next year or the year after and there are reasons why one could be done this year and the other could wait. And we'll
1: talk about that, I guess, as we go along. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, and so this initial interview, how long, or this initial uh, go-to meeting, about how long do those normally take? Those meetings will take anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour,
2: sometimes an hour and a half, so that we can cover all of, um, I, I've got a lot of questions I ask. We talk about their facility, how big it is, and what they've done previously in terms of maintenance. There's a lot, a lot of techniques that companies use. They use a fence-to-fence technique, which means they just literally maintain everything from this fence to that fence, and it's, ex- it's super expensive, you know. Mm-hmm. So th- those kind
1: of opportunities are big opportunities for savings with those customers. Right, so having a, a setup meeting of that length, you're able to actually get into them and actually show them the value of, of prioritizing some of the stuff and why you would want to prioritize. Absolutely.
2: The long and the short of that whole prioritization is, There is an actual matrix. We we actually look at every asset when we get into the survey, and we explain this to the customer. We look at every asset, and every asset gets a square footage to quantify how big the asset is, and then to qualify the asset, there's a score assigned, 0 to 1,000. So that 0 to 1,000 matrix is a color-coded system, and every asset fits somewhere on there, and every every grouping condition grouping has a maintenance practice that goes with it that's appropriate Mm -hmm. okay so it becomes an easier thing for them to manage once we get everything into this matrix and manageable in that sense
0: you've talked a lot about prioritization as you do these surveys so as you sit down and you look at the assets as you're into the survey and you begin to look at the assets What statistics and measurable data do you use to determine these prioritizations and explain it to the customer?
2: Every asset is surveyed visually. We also use some mechanical devices to to measure, but there's actually four assessments that are done on every paint system that we look at. We're looking at thickness of paint, DFT. We're looking at percentage of failure. We're looking at a basic assessment in terms of chalk or gloss. And then we're also looking at adhesion, okay, in which we do that with, with, with a gauge. So we take those four pieces of data, we feed them into our pad, which has an algorithmic calculation, an algorithmic curve built into it. And it will calculate the score based on those four assessments. That's how we
1: achieve those scores. And so then based on those scores and the color code, that's how you determine, do we do this this year? Is this going to next year's budget or the following year? Or do we just let it fade away because it's past repair? Absolutely. And to, to be
2: more specific about that, let's, let's just sort of break assets. And most everybody in the audience here probably has an understanding of paint systems and plant maintenance to some degree. So let's just assume an asset that has a good paint system, less than 1% failure, the paint system is a good paint system. It might be chalk. That might require a pressure wash and a top coat. And let's just say 3 or $4 a square foot would be the maintenance cost on that. The next item in what we call the gold category, which is, is actually the super high priority, it's our first priority item, would have failure spots that, that equal somewhere between 11 to 30% of the square footage of that asset. Okay, those items would require power tool, hand tool cleaning in those spots, then a spot prime, then a full coat. So at $8, $9 a square foot, that asset could be brought back to a new or an eight-year, an eight let's say, lifespan. And then there is a third category. It's a red category, we call it, where the failure, the failure spots on the asset get upwards of 35 40 possibly 50%. And that is a category where saving a paint system almost becomes impossible. There's so much work to be done, power tool, hand tool, or spot sweeping, that you just can't bring that paint system back. So those paint systems in that red category, that third category, typically are blasted full and then a full new three-coat system put in place at, let's just say, $18 to $20 a square foot. And I'm throwing these numbers out. These are just generic numbers that we sort of gather from industry standards, but there's nothing specific about them. Right. So, right. so if you look at those three categories and most maintenance engineers are faced with those three categories, then they are faced with how do I prioritize those three assets? First of all, the one with the pressure wash and top coat is not a high priority. It's probably a third or fourth priority. We can do that as we have time and money. That gold priority is critical power uh, uh, power tool hand tool cleaning 11 to 30 percent spot prime full coat those items at eight dollars a square foot if we do not do them this year on this year's budget and they are number one priority then they will very quickly in the next year or two slide over that hill down the cliff and they will become a red item that i just described a moment ago at eighteen to twenty dollars a square all right, foot.
1: So now we've more than
2: doubled we've the doubled repair our price. cost yep. on those gold items. So to make this a short discussion, what we're trying to do is identify all of those gold items that are in that category and put those before the customer, where he sees them right in front of him. He's got a list he can work from, and he can build a work package with those items that he can save money on. He can save coding systems. And we have him put out a request for bid, contractor bids those items, goes to work on those items, and he spends his money wisely preventing a doubling of cost downstream.
0: Frequently, Paul, we are asked about life expectancy. Frequently? Frequently. Constantly. Constantly. And we want you to know that, you know, not all things are created equal uh, when it comes to paint. And we are excited. You know, we our number one product carbothane 134 hg
1: yep we've
0: made an improvement i know
1: you're sitting there thinking how could you improve on something that was so good to begin with
0: exactly well Carboline would like to introduce the carbothane 134 uv ultra tell us about it paul carbothane 134 uv ultra has superior
1: virtually unsurpassed color and gloss retention especially when you compare it to other aliphatic acrylic polyurethanes
0: Its performance greatly exceeds the SSPC Paint 36 Level 3, which is the highest level of a polyurethane for color and gloss retention.
1: It has done spectacular. We still have it running at 7,000 hours of accelerated weathering, and it's still
0: going. It's going to keep going until we see some really bad results. So maybe someday, a couple years from now, we can update in another commercial for Carbothane 134. UV Ultra. Do you actually have people that are able to do that? Do Absolutely. you have uh, customers
1: that have come back and said, hey, that really worked? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I was down
2: in Brownsville, Texas, uh, right before Christmas. I was uh, at a facility that Transmontane owns down there. And they literally, they didn't have a lot of paint work going on, but they had one tank, 150 foot diameter. And when I walked up on the tank, I looked at it on the list. It was scoring about a 400 on our matrix. Which is in that gold category. It had scored it was scored that way previously on my previous visit. And as I looked at it, they had already power tooled and hand cut tooled spots all around that tank. They were in the process of getting ready to spot Prime. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were literally doing exactly what I just described. And TransMontane will get the savings from that because they they caught that tank at the opportune time to prevent a full blast and a full replacement. yeah, They were able to save paint that they'd already paid, bought and paid for.
1: Yep. So it sounds like you get into a pretty detailed investigation as to what's going on at these locations. And I know from working with you in the past, and, and I know we've got some people training to get, get some experience, it's a fairly long process that you go through. About how long do you spend at these facilities to be able to essentially crawl through every inch of their facility? About how long does that take? Wow. You know,
2: it's, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to say. You know, plants come in many different sizes. We do chemical plants. We do refineries, petroleum refineries, paper mills. Uh, I did a mine up in Alaska right before <laughs> Christmas. That was exciting. But, but they're all different sizes. I can tell you by square footage, you know, a small facility might be a million and a half, you know, maybe a million, a million and a half. I did a refinery in Texas you know, over in Corpus Christi that was right at eight million square feet and it took us eight weeks to do it wow so it just varies from from facility to facility
0: i guess the big thing to take away from here is at Carboline, we're always trying to prevent corrosion and help you protect your assets and if you have a good maintenance plan there's no better way to more cost efficiently protect your assets i mean if you have a million square foot of steel in your plant it's going to be an expensive endeavor just to maintain these assets but then if you let these assets slip and fall into that red category it's a whole different world double triple quadruple what it would cost to just properly maintain these and what the managed services program does is now we send a coding expert to your facility with mike and he looks at all of your equipment and gives you like he said this readout these printouts these you said four different Surveys that will summarize everything that's going on in your plant. Now, there is a cost associated with that. And the, for what I would say is, if you're interested in our managed services program, you would uh, probably just start with Mike and go ahead and email him at mtab at carbaline.com. That's mt is in tom, a b as in boy, b as in boy at carbaline.com. If you're listening to this thing and you're like, wow, that sounds exactly what I need, that is probably your best way to go. He'll get you started. He'll do one of those presentations through uh, GoToMeeting and see if it's the right fit for you.
1: And, you know, if you manage to forget that, you can also hit us up at tech service. We work with Mike a lot, so we can get you in contact with him. And, and you've got our normal contact numbers for us. They were <laughs> at the beginning
0: of the show. One other thing I want to do, Paul, you know, we're the guys who get to do this now, but Mike's the professional. <laughs> Yeah, he had a pretty good story that he told us. So, Mike, uh, tell us a little bit about your radio career here before we let you go.
1: You know what? I don't think they'll believe it if I tell you, but if they listened, they
0: would have believed it if they've been
1: listening to this episode. Or if they
0: know anything about how the radio industry works. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know how the radio industry works, and I totally believe this story, but go ahead and tell (laughs) it, Mike.
2: You you hear people tell stories about they started in a business by sweeping the floors, okay? That's the part that's going to be hard to believe. I literally Got into radio when I was in college, a young man in college, and I wandered in the front door of the radio station. They gave me a job sweeping the floor and cleaning up. Um, I just happened to be in there during the nighttime shift that went to midnight. DJ was at the controls spinning records. He literally, uh, I think he had imbibed a bit too much, which is probably (laughs) illegal with the the FCC. (laughs) Well, we won't say his name. We won't say his name. But he literally passed out at the board. I rolled him out of the way. I continued spinning records and commercials, carts as we (laughs) called them in that day. And the next day, management found out about that. They fired that guy, and they hired me, and that's how my radio career began.
0: So so I think it would only be appropriate if we let Mike put on his radio voice and give the sign-off here for the Carboline Tech Service podcast. So, Mike, you want to give it a go? And- it
2: would go a little bit like this. WBCA, 10,000 watts of power on the Gulf Coast and that's tanya tucker
0: that's 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 pretty good i mean people <laughs> accuse me of putting on the full radio voice when i do this thing and I, what i will say is that's the full radio that is a radio voice, voice. Oh, yep. yep yep so for everybody here at the Carblind tech service podcast mike thank you very much for coming in and if you have any more questions we told you how to get a hold of you and uh, probably even have more topic for a follow-up later on at a specific date maybe look at a specific example of how we, through this program, saved a company uh, a whole bunch of money. So anyway, uh, thanks again for listening to the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, and we'll see you next Monday. And so, for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank you for, for your support. support. Who
1: put the line in Carboline? Who put the line in
0: Carboline? No matter where I go, they don't know what I mean I say Carboline, but they say Carboline